G'day friends, welcome back. I'm here to go through week one of the AFLW finals for season eight of the women's competition. It's a great weekend of footy. Um, some pretty surprising results, some really good games. Um, biggest stories for me are what North did to Melbourne. That's quite unbelievable. And the Swans winless last year and now they've won a final. Unbelievable. Alrighty, let's get into it. start off with Melbourne versus North Melbourne because Jesus fucking Christ Melbourne just didn't turn up I couldn't believe this it looked like Melbourne weren't even going to score a goal for the whole game they just didn't look like it at all they got one late one through Alyssa Bannon and that was all 1-3-9 to North Melbourne seven eight fifty. This is a complete just dismantling. Like Melbourne have been so good all year. They've been the highest scoring team of the year by quite a bit. Um, they've they've been you know scoring in the seventies and eighties and nineties like pretty regularly. Nine points. I, I I absolutely couldn't believe what I was watching. North Melbourne was so impressive, especially defensively. Obviously, every time. Melbourne went inside 50. North were just all over them, all over the ground. They were all over them. 104 tackles for a game is wild. They were just brutal. Like, even if Melbourne had been at their absolute best, I don't think North ever had any intention of letting them do anything, really. Every time they got the ball, they'd just get crunched in a tackle. It was unreal. Um... Kate Hall for the D's I thought was really gallant and, and, and played okay, but just didn't have any impact on the game. Like she was running her guts out and just and trying everything she could as the skipper to, to try and help, but just couldn't really make any difference. I thought Tyler Hanks was probably Melbourne's best player, but it, even though she sort of played pretty well, again, just lacked impact. Like every time Melbourne was sort of able to maybe get something going, North Melbourne just stopped it being of any consequence. It was such an impressive performance. Um, I don't know what you can sort of put this... Oh, what's going on here? I don't know if you can sort of put this down as Melbourne just like having an off day or, or what. Maybe they're too used to playing at Casey. This one was played at Icon Park. It, it I don't know. It was just... I, I'd say it was a combination of Melbourne not being very switched on and North being very switched on. North, North was so dialed in, especially pressure-wise. Melbourne were never a chance in this game. Like, just... I'm blown away with how, like, surgical North Melbourne were. Went into the game with a plan and couldn't really have executed it much better. Um, 
Yeah, the D's. So they're going to play Geelong now, this weekend, and it's not going to be easy. Like, Geelong played really well against Essendon. They absolutely cannot put up this kind of performance again. They can't. Right, if they play anything like how they played against North on the weekend, Geelong will beat them and then they'll be done. And then there will be both the men's and women's Melbourne sides that have gone out of finals in straight sets, despite having won the Copeland Trophy. That'd be quite funny. Um, I don't think they will put up another performance like this. They're a very good team, Melbourne. But yeah, gee whiz, that was, that was shocking, to tell you the truth. Um, North Melbourne just strangled him. 104 tackles is wild. Like that's that's amazing levels of pressure. Um, I thought Randall smoked him, kicking goals out of ruck contests. Like in the in the forward fifty, she ended up with three goals. One, um, she really sort of got North going. I think she kicked. I think she kicked their first three goals. I think all three of her goals were North's. First three, I think that I think that's what happened. Um, but yeah, just like grabbing the ball out of the ruck and, and kicking goals um, was just really hard to stop. And sort of once she got North going and they put a little bit of a gap on Melbourne, it just looked less and less likely that Melbourne were going to mount a comeback. And then they just never did in the end. Um, Garner dominated as she always does. Very, very hard to stop. Um, won the Coaches Association Award again during the week. It's her third, I believe. Hopefully, she'll finally sort of get some recognition when it comes to best and fairest night. Who, who knows if she'll actually win it, um, but she never gets acknowledged by the umpires. So hopefully, she does this year because she's had a very, very good year. Um, and Riddell and Carney as well for North were brilliant. I mean, North Melbourne, I, I, I keep sort of underestimating them. They've been, you know, in the top four all year. It's been them and in Brisbane, Adelaide and Melbourne, right? And I always see Brisbane, Adelaide and Melbourne as being sort of at the top and then Melbourne just being a touch behind, not quite being on the same level as those other ones, right? And that might have been true. Um, we, we've seen now that they are definitely uh, on the same level like now that we've arrived at finals, we can say they're on the same level because of what they've done to Melbourne. Like I don't know who the who the best team has been across the whole season. You you'd say it's been like like Brisbane are funny because they've beaten the three other teams in the top four, but then they've lost three games to teams outside of the eight. Um, Melbourne and Adelaide have probably been the most consistent. You'd probably say Melbourne have been the best team of the year because of how much they've been scoring. But then to do this in your first final is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. So North Melbourne now jumping all the way to a prelim. This is a huge opportunity for them. Like they, they've been in the top four for a few years now and have never been able to make it to a grand final. It's always been those other three. It's been Melbourne and Adelaide and Brisbane for the last few years, all playing in the grand finals. This is North's opportunity now. They're going to play one of Sydney or Adelaide, You'd say it's probably going to be Adelaide. Um, but they're hard to play against North Melbourne. They've got so much height all around the ground. And they're, they're flexible with their height as well. I think Kate Shearlaw has been an unbelievable addition for North Melbourne because she can play at either end. She's tall. She can run. Um, she was part of a chain um, of North, like that ended up in a really impressive... North Melbourne goal. I think that it was sometime in the second half. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the one 
that really broke Melbourne's back. It might have been late in the third term or early in the last quarter or something. Um, and it was just the goal that just meant like Melbourne was zero chance now of of coming back. Um, so yeah, like the, the the height that they've got, their midfield is is one of the best in the comp. They got weapons everywhere. So yeah, huge opportunity. I'm on the North bandwagon now. I'd love to see them go all the way and win it this year because they've built up this body of work over the last few seasons that really deserves to be rewarded. Alrighty, let's talk. Suns and Swans now. Well done, Sydney. Fucking hell. Winless last year, and now they've won a final. Who knows if they'll go any further? Who knows how they're going to go against the Crows? But far out. To to do this this year is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Um, I was so impressed with how they played against Gold Coast. Their use going inside 50 was so mature just picking out targets, being able to hit players on the chest. That was really that was a big part of the game that that kept Gold Coast out of it. Just their efficiency going in for side 50, giving themselves opportunities in front of goal um, most of the time was excellent. Um, Gardner was unbelievable. Again, she's had a fantastic year. Adelaide again a need to do something about her. They can't just like hope, oh, you know, Marinoff and Hatchard will just do their thing and that that'll sort of you know figure itself out. I, I think they really need to put some effort into stopping Gardner because she's had an unbelievable year, and they need to stop Chloe Malloy as well because she's the Toby Green of the women's comp. She goes through the midfield and is really damaging, and then she goes forward and kicks a bag. Um, she's she's good with set shots and and snaps. She can take a mark. She might be the best player in the comp. I don't know. Her ability to go into the middle and play forward is Erin Phillips-like. Like, remember, Phillips in her prime was unstoppable, and it feels like Chloe Malloy's unstoppable as well. Um, my my favourite bit from the whole weekend of footy was one of her goals. Um, it got covered a little bit on social media, so a lot of people would know what I'm talking about, but she was getting sledged by a Suns fan, right? As uh, she'd uh, taken a mark, I think, or gotten a free kick and was about to have a shot on goal. And a Suns fan gave her the two, four, six, eight, you can't kick straight, right? That's a fun, harmless sledge. I love that. That's great. No issues there. She goes back and kicks the goal because she's a fucking superstar. And then she gives it back to him. She gives she gives him the two, four, six, eight, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. Oh, and and that's just that's fucking great shit. I love fan interactions when it's just like harmless. Right? He gave her a bit and then she gave it right back to him. Just the thing this two, four, six, eight, and there's there's just a couple extra fingers that she throws up at the end that are definitely just like fuck you. <laughs> and it's not even like She's known for being poor in front of goal. She's excellent in front of goal. So he was just like, he was just trying to just, he was just being loud. He was just having a bit of fun. And then she has a bit of fun right back at him. And I think that's fucking great. Um, She was excellent in this game. Malloy uh, is a co-captain along with her other co-captain. McAvoy, who snuck forward and kicked a couple. When you got one of your defenders sneaking forward and kicking two goals, they are bonuses. Bonus goals. That you that you very very happily take. So that was great for Sydney as well. 
Um, a bit of an issue they may have going up against the Crows is they're going to have no Privatelli. Uh, she's hurt her foot, I think it is. Um, she's really important for them up forward, so that will hurt. The last thing they need is for their best players to not be available against a very good Crows outfit. But they, they, they won't be easy for Adelaide. Sydney have been very good all year. Um, so that'll be a great game. But yeah, where I thought they killed the Suns was just how good they were going inside 50. They were great all around the ground. Gold Coast weren't as bad as I think people think that they were. I've, I've heard some people say that like the, the scoreboard flatters Gold Coast, like 17-point margin in the end. That feels about right. Like Every time that Sydney would get out to sort of like a 25-point margin, the Suns would find they'd kick a goal and bring it back to sort of that three-goal or so um, margin. And that's about where it was for most of the game once the Swans sort of got out to that lead. But yeah, I didn't think Gold Coast were awful. They were able to start most of them each quarter's quite well, kicking goals really quickly, um, usually through Tara Bohanna. Ended up with four goals. That's an excellent performance in a final. Um, it seems they were probably a little bit too reliant on her. When you've got one player kicking four of your six goals, um, that's fantastic, but you don't want that to be your only avenue to goal. Excuse me. Oh, um, and I thought Lauren Bella as well for Gold Coast was outstanding in the ruck. Like, a lot of her work went unrewarded because Sydney was so good and it was like Gold Coast couldn't really sort of get any thing going that they wanted to around the middle. But her ruck work was outstanding. Just some of her hit outs, like she would just, she'd just do, she'd just do one and I'd go, fuck, that was just the perfect option. Like hitting it nicely into space or just like, just really, a really dominant performance, I thought from her but yeah it, it didn't she, she wasn't made to look as good as she was playing because sydney was so like good around the ground and you know her 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 midfielders weren't able to capitalize on the good ruck work that she was doing all the time but yeah that's just something that stood out to me i thought that was really impressive but you'd feel so good if you were at the swans right now from from where they were last year and and they didn't need to do this either like they're still a new team and we've got to give Essendon some credit as well. They lost on the weekend, but it's their second season as well, and they've made finals, so they need to be given some credit too. Um, but yeah, like they didn't, they didn't, like, I don't think anyone would have expected them to be playing finals. So, you know, if they if they just won a couple games, that would have been fine because they, they go from zero wins to just maybe winning a few. You go, great, we're improving. But they've gone from zero wins to making it to finals and winning a final. It's unbelievable. And if they go another week further, that'll be one of the football stories of the year, men's or women's. That'll be one of the stories of the year. That'd be amazing if they could beat if they could beat Adelaide, like the best team that's ever been. Um, that'd be quite something. Speaking of Adelaide, let's talk about the Crows and the Lions game. This was a fantastic game of football. Some of the matchups in this game were outstanding. Um the the, the it's seesawed all the way. Could have gone either way in the end. Brisbane were just classy enough to get that lead late and hang on to it. Um if the game had gone on for another five minutes, you feel like Adelaide would have been able to score again. Um and then it would would have been back on Brisbane. But yeah, it, it was a fantastic game, I thought. It pays to kick straight. I'm like Crows have had 
what have they had three more scoring shots than the Lions and they lose by two points, so 5-7 to 6-3. It just In close games, it can definitely pay to kick straight, definitely. Um, have Brisbane gotten better? Even though they lost three really important players in the offseason, in Wardlaw, who's a leading goal kick in the competition at the time, they've lost Bates, who's a league best and fairest winner, and they've lost Bodie, who was another one of their really important forwards. So they lose those three players last offseason. Have they gotten better? Like I said, like I know that they, they lost their three games to St Kilda, Richmond and Collingwood, who all finished outside of the eight. But they've now beaten the other teams in the top four, all of them, and they've beaten Adelaide for a second time now. So... And and really, when you're a team who's going to be finishing at the top end, they're the only teams you need to be able to beat. If you're making finals, if you're making the top four, once you sort of once you got that sort of locked in, the only teams you need to be able to beat are the teams around and above you. Yeah, if you drop a game to a to a bottom team, yeah, that's kind of annoying and a little bit embarrassing, but it doesn't hurt you. In the long run, now when they lost to St Kilda late in the season, it did put them at risk of falling out of the top four. But then the following week, they go and beat Melbourne, and they lock in that top four spot. So yeah, gee whiz, like they feel really well balanced. Like even losing those two really important pieces from their forward line, their forward line still seems to be really well set up. Like Dakota Davidson's had an excellent season. She kicked two goals on the weekend. And was very good. Um, the, the midfield is working really, really well. Anderson's having another brilliant year. Aller O'Dwyer is one of the best wings in the competition. The, 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 the matchup between her and Neve Kelly I thought was fantastic. The two Irish women going at it. Um, that was brilliant to watch. They kicked three goals between them. They, they were both outstanding. Um, Ellinger has been great as well. She was good on the weekend. Um, yeah, I just really like how Brisbane are going about it. I said like a month or so ago how well drilled they seemed. They just seemed like a really mature side. They make good decisions. They don't make silly mistakes. After I said that, they then immediately did the opposite of everything I said when they lost to St Kilda. <laughs> but that's about the only time I've seen them be really sloppy and like ill-disciplined and, and all of that. Outside of that, very, very well drilled by Starsevich, the coach. Why the fuck does my, oh, my phone keep... What's going on here? Oh, anyway, and another thing that I think is fantastic, a great asset to have if you're a Brisbane's fan, very efficient. Like they lost basically every stat when 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 you look through this like disposals and clearances and in basically literally every single stat when Adelaide's way Brisbane still won the game right efficiency right we having having less of everything still being able to capitalize on what you have that means really good ball use that means really efficient when going inside 50 and once you're inside 50 these, these are the important things, right? Kicking six goals three as against kicking five goals seven, that's what you want, yeah? 
you want to be making the most of all your opportunities. So that's another tick for Brisbane as well. I, th- I think now Brisbane, Brisbane and North Melbourne getting through to the prelims, they really should be getting all the way through to the grand final. It, it'll it'll be like Brisbane are probably, I mean, depends what Melbourne we get on the weekend. You'd think Brisbane are going to have to deal with Melbourne again, but they have done that. They did it a couple of weeks ago, so that won't bother them too much, and they'll get... Uh, it'll be it'll be wherever the fuck their home ground is Springfield. It's like an hour out of out of Brisbane. Anyway, it'll be a home game for them, so that'll be good. And yeah, you would assume North Melbourne get through as well. Um, they'll also get a home game most likely against Adelaide. But yeah, the two of them should get through. Um, yeah, great win by Brisbane to go to Adelaide and and deal with the Crows. That'll give them an enormous amount of confidence how much drive do the crows have like there's a lot of the crows players um who are premiership players like it's been a couple of seasons now since they last won one um but that like they have won three as a team in a short period of time and there are plenty of the girls on that team who have been part of one or more of those premierships so how much drive would they have like you know, you know, they come up against the Swans on the weekend. You know, say there's five minutes to go in the game. Sydney are a goal in front. How much drive are they going to have to get up and win that game? How much are they going to say to themselves, I need this? Or are they going to think, oh, man, I've got two premiership medals. Do I really need to give this everything I have? Or can I go on holiday a little bit early? Hmm. It's 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 that that is the curse that successful teams have. It's real, um, you know. When it gets to the pointy end and it gets really hard, and you think about oh, you think about that medal that you've got in the cabinet at home. You think about that, you know, that grand final of last year or the year before that I can just go back and watch to make myself feel better. How much does that hinder, you know, your ability to? to go the extra mile and win a game. It's a real thing to consider because, you know, to lose at home is is not something that this Adelaide team has done a whole lot. They haven't lost a whole lot, period, in their existence. Um, But you would have thought this game would have been one that they would win. But no, especially given how many, you know, of the, you know, stats that they dominated. Um, I thought Eloise Jones was brilliant. Four goals. One of the one of the better performances we've seen. This is a huge performance for a final because she didn't just have four goals. She she had loads of the ball and had heaps of impact. Um, Hatchinoff, which is a combination of <laughs> Hatchard and Marinoff. I'm combining the two of them because they are just the, the wombo combo number one weapon for Adelaide, in my opinion. 50 touches between them, seven, almost 700 metres gained. Between them, they are must stops for anyone coming up against the Crows. So that's Sydney this weekend coming. I mentioned already the Neve Kelly and O'Dwyer matchup. That was a ball to watch. The two of them are so exciting. The way they run and use the ball and hit the scoreboard, it's that was just awesome to see. Um, and another thing about Adelaide that I really like is Riddell kicking out from a behind she just fucking roosts it every time. And and it might sound a bit silly, but having a player that can do that is so handy because a lot of the time 
like a way the way that teams score a lot is repeat inside 50s right locking the other team in their defensive half and then eventually scoring again right but if like you're kicking out from full back and you can clear that 50 meter arc with that first kick you you've gone a long way to getting the ball back down your end like the, it's a really hard thing to do kick out from fullback, right? It's hard to hit a target and work your way through. It's, it's one of the hardest things to do in football. If that first kick, especially in women's football where they can't kick as far most of the time, if you can have someone who can kick it 50 meters and just clear, clear the packs, clear the congestion, clear the zone, whatever it is, get the ball out over the top. And then you've got runners like Neve Kelly who can get the ball and then keep that momentum going. That is a real asset um, to have. And it's something that I, I noticed a lot in this game. I just thought it was sick. I thought it was awesome that she was doing that. Um, let's get on to Geelong and Essendon. Now, a lot of people said that the result in the um, Gold Coast and Swans game flattered the Gold Coast. Now, I disagree with that. I think the result here is flattering for Essendon. They kicked with the last three goals of the game, I think, um, bringing the margin down to 18 points in the end. I thought Geelong fucked them up. Geelong were really impressive. Like, just didn't look at all like ever being in the game. I think Geelong were quite happy with where they were at late and just sort of took their foot off the pedal a bit and allowed the Dons to get those those last few goals. But yeah, Essendon got absolutely fucked like this was sort of like you know welcome to finals like this is how this is how the the big kids play you know um just probably not quite ready to be doing any damage in well not in september in november (laughs) in november in finals were essendon but that's okay it's a good learning experience um i thought bonnie too good and and maddie prasparkas were outstanding they often are um kicked both kicked goals um Probably just needed some others to go with. Like, there were other players who were really good for Essendon, but just not quite enough. Um, just their inexperience, I think, got exposed a little bit in this game. Their intercept game needs some work. Um, I thought Geelong's forward line was able, was like given a little bit too much freedom. I think it was a little bit easy for them to, to mark and, and all that. I thought, you know, Essendon's back line just needed to at least get a fist in there or something. Like, Geelong were just able to take way too many marks inside 50. In my opinion, um, speaking of, Maloney was fantastic. The Irish recruit for Geelong, um, they said it on the coverage about 100 times. She's only been in Australia for about five months and look at her go. It, it is quite remarkable what these Irish players are able to do, swapping from Gaelic to AFL. Um, while they are similar, they are very different sports. Um, so it was quite impressive to see her clunking marks and kicking goals and and she definitely got the cats going early um georgie presparkas was outstanding amy mcdonald was excellent um gunjaka and webster down back were both fantastic i thought webster played a brilliant game she was outstanding um going up against melbourne next week they'll be without chloe shear which is tough one of their most important forwards um that will make life a little bit more difficult for them uh, she she's on her collarbone I think so. I think she'll be done for the year. You would—they've just ruled her out of this game. But even if they went on, like collarbones aren't quick 
injuries. So yeah, I don't I don't imagine we'll see her again this year. Um, but yeah, Geelong were fantastic. They were brilliant. Just just one thing on this game. It's got nothing to do with the game itself. Um, the, the AFL. There was six or seven thousand people at this game, all on the broadcast side. For some reason, I know like the stadium's still being built or whatever, but every single person in attendance was sat on the broadcast side. So the for the entire game, all you can see on the other side of the ground is empty seats. It looks like no one's there. If you were watching this game on mute, you would think there was no one there. And that's that's not good for the optics of AFLW, right? You're trying to grow the audience. You're, you're trying to make it seem like it's popular, um, which it definitely is. It is definitely becoming a lot more popular. But fucking hell, just seat some people over there, Christ. And they're like, oh, but the sun will be in their eyes. Uh, what? Who gives a shit? Who cares about the people at the game? You want eyeballs on screens. You want people at home to want to watch. Yeah, and if like the people at home, they turn on the game. They say, "Gee whiz, there's a lot of people there. Bloody hell! Maybe they'll keep watching. Maybe, maybe gee, maybe this game's you know going to be pretty good. The people who've gone along think it's going to be good. Like just just put bums in the seats where the cameras. Get. It just look. It was a little bit embarrassing, honestly. Like just a little bit amateurish. And it's just speaking of amateurish as well. I think it was the Melbourne North Melbourne game. What was going on with the clock? What the fuck? On the broadcast, what was happening? First it was counting down, and then it was off, and then it was counting up for like two quarters, and then it was off again, and then it was counting down again. What the hell is... Like, surely that's not something that's difficult to sort out. Like having the clock on the telly counting in the right direction. Like, it, like it, it's of no consequence, but it's just, it's the little things like that that the AFLW can improve on to help get more people watching their game. And the umpiring as well. I know, like, that they put the umpires in the AFLW who are still sort of developing. There's some AFL standard umpires that get in there as well. Razor Ray and um, and others umpire a lot of the girls' games. But, yeah, some of, some of the umpiring is just a little bit amateurish and could use a sharpen up but yeah just a few things i noticed on the weekend that just were just head scratches um and just one more thing on the on the cats and essendon game meg mcdonald who's the geelong captain her dad passed away during the week um to, to go out and lead her team to a really good victory in a final after the week that she would have had just i have all the respect in the world for that that would have been an incredibly difficult thing to do so, yeah, just really well done to Meg McDonald. I just wanted to mention that as well. Alrighty, that is it for this week, guys. We'll have two big finals coming up this weekend. Melbourne and uh, uh, Geelong <laughs> and Adelaide and Sydney. Should be two really good games. Um, danger times for the Ds and the Crows. You don't want to be going out in straight sets. Um Geelong would probably really like to get and like to get through to a prelim. I think that's where they'd like to be at with their development and and Sydney. Anything from here on is a, is just a bonus. Like it's their second year. Like they don't they don't. I don't think anyone's expecting them to go all the way. So anything from here, like they got nothing to lose. Just fucking go for it and have a lot of fun. 
you know, that'd be my advice. Alrighty, thanks heaps for listening, guys. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment, leave Ooh, leave a review, tell your friends, and I'll catch you next time. Bye!